Welcome back, family. With the season right around the corner, we only got a couple of more left of these season recap episodes. So I knew we had to get in a special, special, special guest for this episode, man. If you've ever watched NBA Top 10 Plays, then you know about Bo, the voice of Top 10 Plays, a great friend, a great mentor to me, the GOAT mentator, my guy. We got Bo in the house. Bo, how you doing? You did a wonderful job of embarrassing me, man. You did just a fantastic job. I've taught you well. I see what a great job you've done there. No, I'm doing great, man. It's, uh, you know, I think I probably told you guys last summer, uh, and, uh, this is, God, this is going to be like my 27th or 28th season covering the NBA, which is, I'm sure, longer than you've been alive, uh, which is really annoying to me. But, yeah, it, this is the seasons of my life, dude. This is really the way it is. Like, my... I can tell where I am in my life by where the NBA is in their season. So now I'm climbing that mountain. I'm learning about teams. I'm learning the stories and I'm going through that process. Uh, and, you know, by Christmas, I'll have a sense. I don't really like to make any hard and firm, you know, statements about, you know, early season things that I'm seeing until Christmas or a little after. Uh, and then February, I'm rolling. I'm rolling, getting ready for playoffs, and we're going down the mountain again, racing for an NBA final. So uh, I know that this is the grind part of the season. I'm excited for it. Yes, sir, man. You already know what it is, man. And for the family out there, um, but we are going to get into all the 76ers uh, recap. We're going to talk about last season. We're, of course, going to talk about the James Harden situation. Uh, but before we get into it, if you want to stay up to date with Bo and everything Bo's got going on, go check out his social medias. I'll have everything linked in the description down below, and it'll be right there, right under Bo's little bubble, man. So Definitely go get at Bo and show him some some love, man, for coming on the show with us. But let's go ahead and jump straight into it, man. Like I said, we are talking about the 76ers last season. They finished with a record of 54 and 28 as the third seed, swept the Nets in the first round of the playoffs, and then lost to the Celtics in seven games. So since Bo, since you're our 76ers representative for this episode, I want you to let us know, like as a 76ers fan. Can they be happy? Can they hang their heads on their their last season? No is the short answer. No is the short answer. There is some good. There is some positive. Look, you've got the MVP of the league on your team. If that's your starting point, that's a starting point 25 other NBA teams would love to have. But from there, it starts to fall off quickly. And it's, there, there's some difficulty. Uh, last season, as you mentioned, I, I – you know, you and I were talking earlier, and I, I went to an uh, NBA preseason media party down here in L.A. And I, in advance of chatting with you, I asked folks, what do they think of Philly? Uh, and the general consensus is that they're in a tough spot. Um, and as, as we look back at last year, uh, you can see where that concern is. Like I said, they've got the MVP. He's the building block. We'll get into the drama surrounding this preseason training camp in Colorado Springs in a moment. But I think, um, you know, there is the context that they have uh, Joel Embiid. They have a young rising star in Maxi. Uh, they've got James Harden, who's, you know, is he there? Is he not there? Uh, they've got, you know, they've got some other pieces, but they don't have any young, uh, you know, a, a group of other guys, a, another young superstar that you feel can match them with what's happened in the offseason with Milwaukee. What's what what's happened in the offseason with Boston, with Phoenix. So, you know, th the point is looking at them by themselves, they're pretty good. But you're in contact with your competitors 
and they're not matching what their competitors are doing. So to me, Philadelphia is in a bit of a tough spot, and you don't want to be in that middle ground in the NBA, frankly. You just don't want to be there. You either want to be really in your championship window or really rebuilding. So I think Philly has got to figure out which way they're going. They brought in a new co- uh, a new coach in Nick Nurse. Um, and next season, they have some more flexibility. This season, what do you have? Is this going to be a tough year? I don't know. And, and the other thing and the final thing I'll add on this is if this is a tough year, how much patience does your franchise centerpiece have? Is he okay? Okay, next year will be really good. You just got to wait it out this year. I don't know that he is. So there's a lot of things that Philadelphia fans have to juggle uh, as they get ready to look at this year. That was that was amazingly put, Bo, and I'm 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 right <laughs> with you for 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 really really all of that. And yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you didn't you didn't at uh, at the end of the season hoist up the Larry O'Brien, but like how you said, you do you do have Joel Embiid, which is the MVP. You have pieces to work off. You have Tyrese Maxey, and you have at least options um, as to where you as to where you you can go. Um, and then like how you said, it wasn't all bad because the last no. time. The 76ers got a 54 win season was 1965, 66. So great. It's, it's, it's a, I guess, positive sign. Well, you're right. And think about this. You're judged now if you're the Philadelphia 76ers on your playoff performance. That's it. Uh, you, we know they're going to make the playoffs because they've got such a dominant player in Joel Embiid. Uh, he's, he's absolutely one of the greatest centers to ever play this game. He's at a peak right now that few have ever reached. Uh, but uh like you said they go through and they sweep the brooklyn nets that's the good then they get up three games to two on boston in that playoff series so you got two games to knock out boston you get wiped in the first quarter in game six so you lose game six now it's three three you win the first quarter in game seven but you can't bring it home so that's the sting for the philadelphia 76ers that's the bad taste in their mouth is that they couldn't with two swings at it knock out the Boston Celtics and just get to a conference finals, just have a chance at it. Because them against Miami is a different matchup situation than Boston against Miami. And they may have had something for Miami that Boston didn't. So, you know, and then and then if you get to a finals with Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, Lord knows what's happening. Man. I mean, it's all, it, the, the entire franchise you know, if you look at it, it, came down to those two games. They had a chance in those two games, and they couldn't get it done. They got they got worked, really, at the end of the day in both of them. They had a chance in game seven at the start, and then it went bad in a really bad way. Um, and I think that's, that's going to be a tough mountain to get over. And I think, honestly, you know, that's why Doc Rivers isn't there. That's why Nick Nurse is there. They've got to get over that hump, and the hump is now complicated by the disposition of some of the players at that training camp in Colorado Springs. That is an amazing see that that's why I said goat mentator. That is an amazing transition, Bo. That you yeah. this is why you're the goat mentator. Let's uh, talk it, exactly about that, Bo. Talk to me. Well, it's a segue, baby. It's a segue. Uh you know, like what I would say to you is that we all know the elephant in the room. And that elephant is the beard James Harden. James Harden has declared that uh he felt betrayed by Daryl Morey, uh, you know, Philadelphia's front office boss. And I think that, um, you know, it's hard for you and I on the street to feel betrayed by 30-something million dollars. But he <laughs> feels that way because uh, he thought he was going to get a long-term extension, and so far that's not forthcoming. Um, 
what I would say is, so he feels betrayed. He doesn't feel committed. And this has to be a familiar song for Philadelphia because they dealt with Ben Simmons just a couple of years ago and got James Harden to replace Ben Simmons. And now they're back at square one again. So uh, the latest as we're recording this is that James Harden is apparently going to report to Philadelphia 76ers camp. Is he going to be happy there? There are questions around that. Is he going to be giving everything to the team? There are questions around that. Um, we all know the deal. He wants to move to the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers know this, too, and it's a leverage situation. They don't want to give up too much for James Harden and, and what remains of his prime. And, you know, he's on the back end edge of that. Um, so I just think, you know, it puts Philadelphia in such a tough spot in this training camp. What can they get out of James Harden? Can they turn him over quickly, turn a new leaf, and become a franchise that can compete with Boston and with Milwaukee? Those are the questions that they live and wrestle with. Man, and organizationally wise, like I feel so bad for the 76ers. Like they, you know, he traded away Ben Simmons, who was, who was like crying and not playing for a player who James Harden, who's now crying and not playing for two different reasons, but still nonetheless refusing to play. You know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for Philadelphia 76ers fans. Think about what they've gone through in the last 10 years. Uh, You know, trust the process. So trust the process in its premise was, hey, we're going to stockpile all these draft picks. We want you to keep buying season tickets, even though we are struggling and we know we're going to struggle and you're going to see teams lose and lose and lose. Please keep buying and staying with us. Uh, And they do turn it around. After years and years and years, they become better. But now their stars either get injured, Markel Fultz. If Markel Fultz is healthy, this is an entirely different story. Ben Simmons just becomes a shell of himself and mentally sort of breaks down. And, you know, we hope the best for Ben Simmons, but it is what it is. It didn't work out for him in Philadelphia. So they turn him over for James Harden. And you think maybe we have a chance. If you just championship out of this, just one, it all paid off. Really, it all worked out. Uh but now James Harden doesn't want to be there. The bright shining star in all of this for me is that they've got a guy, a young guy that maybe you didn't expect was going to be this good, that's rising to maybe all-star level in Tyrese Maxey. So that's the hope. That's the franchise hope, if you ask me. Man, yeah, Ty- Ty- Tyrese Maxey's definitely got to be the franchise hope. But then I then the question comes to like, well, Joel Embiid is clearly your guy right now, right? We just Absolutely. see he, he won MVP. I believe Joel Embiid is 29 years old and Tyrese Maxey is 22 or 23. So the yep. timeline doesn't really match. So wh- I guess like, let me flip the question to you is like, if you're in that front office, who, who, who are you going with? Or are, are you trying to match their timelines or are you looking to sh- maybe ship a Tyrese Maxey to get a player that does match Joel Embiid's timeline and go all in? Weirdly, I sort of think their timelines can match up. I'm not saying they're they're perfect, but I think they can match up. I think if Tyrese Maxey becomes an all-star at 23 or 24 and Joel Embiid is still MVP level for the next three years, you've got a you've got a space there. It's not a 10-year space, it's not an eight-year space, but it's a three or four-year space that you could do something. Um what's odd to me, and I think is it's a concern from the outside looking in is you've got two players who stars who desperately wanted to leave that situation. What does that say for other all-stars that you may want to attract in the free agent market? Do these other people want to come in and join you there in Philadelphia uh, to, to play alongside of Joel Embiid, to play alongside of Tyrese Maxey? 
uh, you know, DeAnthony Melton, all these guys that are young, talented guys. Uh, and then a, you've got a superstar. I think they're, you know, it, it seems like it's a place where one star could go and raise that team up to competing right in the mix again with Boston and Milwaukee. But but to this point, they don't want to be there. Man, man. No, honestly, the Philadelphia 76ers are in a very, very tricky situation. And then I guess, you know, that kind of segues me to um, our next talking point. And that's like, so let's look at the last three seasons for them. In 2020, 2021, they won't finish as the first seed, flared out in the playoffs. 2021-2022 finishes the fourth seed, flared out of the playoffs. This last season finished as a third seed, flared out in the playoff. So let it's me- that second part that you keep saying, flared out in the playoffs. That's the problem. That's the issue. You've got to get over that hump. And that now we got to figure out how they can do that. So, so my question to you is, we know what Albert Einstein says, right? Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yeah. So yeah. What, what needs, what needs to get shaken up in Philly? Well, maybe there's some Albert Einstein fans in Philly's front office because they did get rid of Doc Rivers. They've got Nick Nurse in there. Uh, they did get rid of Ben Simmons. They brought James Harden in there. It still didn't work. Uh, maybe they move on from, uh, you know, James Harden if they can in a, in a way that, sort of works positively for the franchise. Uh, and, you know, maybe they get something done. It's interesting you brought up Einstein because they are sort of following that in a weird way. They are moving on and moving on. And the one thing I'll say to this is if your trading partner is likely the Clippers, keep in mind, Steve Ballmer is worth more than all the other NBA owners combined or was recently. It's close at this point. So he's basically by far the richest guy in the NBA. By far, it's not close. So he could afford, as that team gets ready to move into their new facilities in Englewood and they want to make a splash, he could afford to roll the dice on a James Harden. If anybody could, it's Steve Ballmer. So that's what you've got to, you know, that's your hope if you're Philadelphia is that he's willing to roll the dice. But I don't know, James Harden, to me, even though what was it 21 points and 10 assists last year, He's a bit in decline. How you know? How committed was he this offseason to working out? Well, I don't know, man. I've seen <laughs> social media. I don't know. Like, was he working out like crazy? Maybe not. Um, so it's there. You know, James Harden's doing that thing where he's like, you know, I'll play myself into shape, and by February I'll be good, and we'll make a playoff run. He's at that point in his career, and to some degree, he's earned that right. But other guys, Steph Curry doesn't do that. LeBron James doesn't do that. You know, these guys, these guys are ready day one. They're there to go. Uh, And, you know, I think I think James Harden owes that maybe to more than anybody else to himself to see what he can get out of himself. Uh, He may not care. He may just be like, yeah, whatever. Championships don't matter. I've got hundreds of millions of dollars. That's fine. But I'd like to see him challenge himself and see what he can really become. Man, me, me too. You know, the, the the more that I, you know, get into the NBA, I find out that like, there's actually like a lot of the guys in the NBA that are like that. They're like, man, like, I'm not really worried about winning. Like, I'm getting all this money, which is great and all. Like, I totally understand. But for me personally, like, I'm a winner. Like, I'm trying to be like, hey, I won. Like, I was at the pinnacle. So it, it's upsetting to, to hear that some guys are like Well, that. so, like, you think about it. You think, you know, if you set the, the far competitive edge at, like, human psychopath at Michael Jordan. And then, you know, Kobe Bryant next in line, maybe just down from that, all the way over to somebody who just doesn't care at all. Uh, 
most guys fall somewhere in between. Most guys aren't Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or, you know, that. I don't even know that LeBron is that yeah, wildly yeah. intense. Yeah. I don't think he's there mentally. That doesn't mean I don't think he's one of the greatest players of all time. I, I, I understand that. You. But what I'm saying is, like, he's not a lunatic like those guys, I don't think. Um, so most guys fall somewhere uh, in between. I think Steph Curry's really up there. He just has a different way of verbalizing that. Um, but I'd like to see James Harden give it his all. And maybe he is, uh, but it just doesn't appear that way from what you see out there on social media. Sometimes he's not in shape when the season starts. I'd love to see him get it, everything he's got. And maybe he will this year. I hope so. And and the crazy thing is he's a generational talent, even when he doesn't give oh. everything he's got. So that's so that's that, that that that's wild. But while while we're on the lines of I guess the Clippers, Bomber, and then Harden, like, do you think that even works? Like I, I don't me personally, I just think there's only one basketball, and those are now you have four ball dominant players on the if ball. If he goes to the Clippers, think about this. The only thing I think about with that is basically you're making a bet that one of these guys is gonna be injured. So we need to, you know, we need two of three of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden in the playoffs. You're just almost betting that one's going to be injured. If they're all three healthy in the playoffs, great. But I don't, I, I, I think with the recent histories with both of those two guys, you just can't bet on that. So I think that, you know, again, I think the Clippers are playing a different game than anybody else is financially. I think they can afford to do things. And, you know, there's with the new uh, CBA, there's some restrictions and stuff like that, obviously. But I, I'm saying if, if anybody can make a risky play that could afford to cost them some money, I feel like it's Steve Ballmer. Uh, and, you know, the, the Clippers, I you know, oddly are sort of in a similar situation to Philly in that they need to make a playoff run with the talent that they've acquired. Philly needs to make a playoff run with this talent they've acquired. Um, this regular season success isn't cutting it. Um, you know, the only thing I think they've really gotten out of this run is that Joel Embiid MVP, which is really nice. I don't want to diminish it, but, you know, the story of last season now is Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic got up over the mountain. And so in Philly's defense, I will say this before I finish this thought. Nikola Jokic was a guy who 12 months ago we talked about was good in the regular season, good in the regular season, good in the regular season, kept coming up short. I don't know if he can make it in the playoffs. I don't know if he can get it done. We have a totally different vision of Nikola Jokic now. He's a winner. He's a closer. He's a champion. Joel Embiid can turn the tables. He can. It's all there for him. Uh, it just has to happen. And some of that's luck. Some of that's injuries and stuff like that. You know, we could be talking about Milwaukee as a three-peat team were it not for a Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo injury. So all of this stuff, you know, factors in some of the luck, some of the injuries. But you have to give it all you've got to put yourself in that position. So I'd like to see Philly do that. Man, you, you, you that's what you got to do. I always say when you get those generational players, you got to go yeah. all in to yes. maximize that window because it's all about winning at the end of the day, in my yes. opinion. So, yes, and like it's a business too. Um, but you know, one of the things that people don't think about, I, I, I believe, is that each of those home playoff games means a lot of money to the owner, uh, a lot like five, ten million dollars. So, you go deep in the playoffs, and the owner's making money too. So there's a calculated bet in all of this. Um, but if you pair some good people with Joel Embiid, you're going to go deep in the playoffs, or at least that's the hope. Man, that's that, that, that is the hope. But then let me, last question before I get off James Harden then. Bo, 
Well, I think that the re- yeah regular season starts October twenty fourth. The first season, the first game for the 76ers is against the Bucks on October twenty sixth. So let me ask you: before the first game of the regular season, does James Harden get traded? I'm going to answer it this way: I don't think he plays for the 76ers this year. Um, that's what I think. So I think he does get traded. Um, I think they try to work something out before the season starts. I don't think he wants to go down the Ben Simmons road where Ben Simmons lost millions of dollars for sitting out. I don't think James Harden wants to lose millions of dollars. So I think, you know, he's showing up at camp. Um, He's going to participate. Hopefully, you know, you remember the shots of Ben Simmons going through practice with his cell phone in his pocket. Hopefully it's more than that. But I I do think that they move from him. Uh, The way I understand it is that James Harden, and Daryl Morey have not spoken since June. Um, it's all through representatives. So that relationship, which was once a strength, is now a weakness. And unless they can magically get that repaired, which again, I hope, um, I don't see it working. So if you ask me make a make a prediction, I don't think he plays for the Sixers this year. Man, man, oh man, yeah. that's that yeah. that that is really wild for the 76ers. They're gonna be in the same yeah. predicament they were last year that that sucks for them not good <laughs> not good at all but it, but but both so you talked about the you know the comparison of Jokic and Joel Embiid and I I used to be I used to be one of those guys that said like oh there's there's nights where I'll I'll have Joel Embiid there's nights where I'll, I'll, I would have Joel Embiid over Jokic but after seeing this last playoff run like I just think that it just wouldn't be fair to Jokic to put any other big over him as the number one big in the league but before this season, at least to me, it was a real debate. It was a real back and forth. Um, but now I'm starting to question, like, can Joel Embiid really be a 1A guy? Can he really lead a team to a championship? Because you have to take everything into account. Like, yes, yeah. he's he, the, the talent is there. The skill is there. The, the hard work may be there. Everything that he needs may be there, the intangibles. But you got to be healthy because availability is the best ability. So yep. can he be that? Yes. Yes, he can. He's got all the talent. He's got all the ability. He's got all the performance. I think he can be that. He's got to have the right circumstances around him. He's got to have some good fortune. But yes, yes, he can be that. Um, you know, it's like you said, I think Nikola Jokic is clearly the best now. Uh, but I also think that Joel Embiid earned that MVP last year. Um, I have some real problems with the voting that, that would take an hour to break into a separate podcast. But... Um, I think that Joel Embiid was a worthy MVP last year that earned every darn bit of that. So I think what you have to say to yourself then is, can they put a team around him that is going to give him a chance to lead them in those key moments down the stretch? One thing I'll say is this, and it's interesting, is that Doc Rivers or the Sixers on the court, whoever you want to blame, seem to struggle to find good, clean opportunities late in critical playoff games for their best player. Boston was able to defend that. Uh, why was that? Um, I think Nick Nurse is coming in and looking to fix that specific thing and, and give Joel Embiid. Now, one of the things that Nick Nurse does is he runs fast break a lot. He likes to run transition. That's going to leave Joel Embiid out of some place. It may save his legs a little bit uh, if he's not running up the court because they ran the other way and got a layup. But that's going to be a change that you're going to see in the 76ers, I believe, this year. Um, I just think, you know, uh, getting him those good, clean opportunities late in the game, whether it's to shoot or pass, because he's good at both, 
uh, I think is is meaningful for the 76ers so that they're not looking for, you know, whoever to shoot a desperation heave at the shot clock pleasure. That's a problem. Okay, and, and, and that and that definitely makes sense. So, and then when we talk about putting the team around Joel Embiid to be able to do that, I guess then I want to ask, like, is who who can be that second guy? Because you have you always have to have a second guy. Is it somebody on this current roster? I mean, of course, it should be James Harden, but like how you said, we don't think he's going to be on the on the roster come season. Look, I think it could be Tyrese Maxey. I really do. This I think season. he's that darn good. Yes, look at his numbers. Last year, on over six three-point attempts per game, he was a better percentage than Steph Curry from three. He was a better percentage than Klay Thompson from three. He was filling it up, and he's only going to get better. Uh, this is a guy who has worked his butt off to improve, too. Last year, I believe he was over 43%. Do you know what he shot in college on threes on a shorter three-point line? 29%. How much improvement are you seeing in this young player? So that's dedication. That's commitment to your craft. That's improvement. I have a lot of faith in the guy. I really do. I think he's a hard worker. I think he understands the game. Do I think it would be better if they had more help? Another star there with him. So, so much didn't fall to him. Absolutely. I do. But sometimes Look, even I remember back to, you know, I wasn't much of a player, but I played in, in high school and stuff like that. And I remember moments where you're forced, you're not the score, where you're forced to do stuff that you're not comfortable with, and it makes you a better player. I think that Tyrese Maxey is forced into those positions this year, and I think he responds. So the, the short answer is yes, I think it's on the squad. Yes, I think it's Tyrese Maxey. But again, look, if you and I are in charge of Philadelphia 76ers, Let's go get another star, too. Let's go get somebody else to help the cause. Uh, I love Tyrese Maxey, but let's go get somebody else if we can. I, I really believe that. So so then I, I feel like it, it's tough because I, the reason why I throw out Tyrese Maxey is because, yes, he's probably the second best player on that team um, when, James, when James Harden isn't there. But, yeah. like, but if you don't give him up, like, who are you getting of value to – like, no – no team in the NBA is going to just take someone of no value and give you someone of value to, sure. to be that second player. So then who do you give up? Because like how you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the podcast, you talked about, you talked about mediocrity is the worst place to be in the NBA. And I mean, you asked me personally, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, he's great. I really, really like him. I'm up. I'm very high on him too. But You're not sold. I feel like that's what I'm we're not. Doing. I'm not. not I'm, I'm not sold that Tyrese Maxey and James and Joel Embiid can be your duo to take you to the finals, especially when you got to get through the East with now Milwaukee. You got to get through the East with now the Celtics. I'm just not sold. So I think you're going to be stuck in mediocrity unless you make a splash move by trading a Tyrese and then you can get a star star. Like I'm talking to one a guy. So the thing, as you were wandering through that that discussion, one thing that occurred to me, and it just sort of outside the frame of that, is imagine Philly's path to a championship now. Imagine, okay, in the second round, we got to beat Milwaukee. Boom. We somehow managed to knock out Dame, Giannis, Chris Middleton, and that crew. We do it. Hey, there's Boston waiting for you. And now you've got Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown. Kristaps Porzingis, they're waiting for you. My God, we beat them. There's Denver. There's Nikola Jokic. You know, there's Jamal Murray. Like, it is the, it, it's not when it was Cleveland and Golden State and nobody else. It's thick. And it may not be Denver. It may be Phoenix with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal 
and Devin Booker. Like, there's all these guys that are on these teams now. And the wild thing about this is I just went through that scenario. You know who I didn't mention? Lakers or the Warriors. Like, they could be good, too. I mean, there's just so many. It's thick now. It's just the competition is so heavy. So I think I think they're going to have to figure something out with this roster. I really do. I think I think in the end they'll probably get something done with James Harden and the Clippers. I don't think it's the perfect deal that they want, but maybe they can work in a third team somehow and get a couple of pieces back. Um, you know, I've looked at their moves, Kelly Oubre. Okay, uh, <laughs> that, that, I mean it's it's it's, it's fine. Uh, it's not a superstar. It's really not, unless you're talking about Instagram. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. You know, he's good. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's good. But is he great? Is he, you know, in late May, in the fourth quarter in Boston, let's go to Oubre. I don't know if he's that yet. And maybe he could prove me wrong. Like, I'd be thrilled if he did. But I think think that's what they've got to figure out. Uh, They're, you know, they're one good player away from really being in that conversation, though. Absolutely, man. They they 100% are there. Sorry, Bo. Um, as we start to wrap up here, we, I always like to wrap up with just some some quick hitter questions. Um, okay. We'll just be kind of talking about, uh, still talking about the 76ers. First question I got, Bo, is are the 76ers going to finish as a top five seed this next year? Yes, and I answered that real slow on the quick hitter. I had to go through all the other teams <laughs> uh, to figure out where they were. Yes, I do. And you know what? I think they beat Miami. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I do. so I do. this is a follow-up question to that, okay? okay? Do they beat Miami without James Harden or is that with James Harden? I think without, but I think what it is is Miami doesn't give a darn about playoff seating because that's that whole heat culture thing. They don't care. So they're going to rest and they're going to be ready for the playoffs. So I think they get in ahead of them just because of that. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. So yep. now I guess in a different scenario – how far will the would the 76ers go if James Harden doesn't play like at all? Do you still think the same thing? If they get something for him, I, but he doesn't play at all. If they get something for him in this month later, I'm going to just assume that they get a grade of a B on the trade. How far do they go? Second round. I think I think maybe they win a first round series, four or five matchup. That's it. I don't think realistically you're beating Giannis and Dame or you know Tatum and Drew and, and Jalen. I just think those two teams at the top are clearly better than everybody else. Okay. All right. And the last question we got here is how much better are the 76ers going to be with Nick Nurse versus Doc Rivers? Not much. I don't think. I mean, I think, I think you know, they are who they are. They'll play a different style. They'll get a little bit more. But I, I think we grade how much better. Uh, is graded versus the competition. Are they going to be better than Milwaukee? Nope. Are they going to be better than uh, Boston? Nope. Uh, is that where they were last year? Yep. So that's <laughs> about where they. I mean, I think that's about where they are. I mean, I, I don't know the way. I think a lot of it. I think a lot of the grade on the 76ers is this time next year when we're having that conversation. Who they've acquired? Where they've got a little space? What they can do? I think we learn a lot more then. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it is early, man. It is early. But, Bo, we, we we just knocked it out, man. We did a great episode. I really appreciate you, Bo. Uh, we talked about some some great things, man. We talked about their, la- their last season, the whole James Harden elephant in the room. Um, yep. it, is it time to switch it? And can, who is the, really their number one guy? 
Um, but I got to ask you, Bo, uh, as we wrap up, is there any last thoughts that you want to throw out there on the 76ers? But this is before season starts, though, too. So if anybody's listening yes. late, late night, this is October 3rd. So, okay. So, yeah, this is October 3rd. I saw an article back in August that answered the question, why should I care about this franchise? I think you should care about this franchise. I think you've got one of the best players of the, this generation on your team, one of the greatest centers of all time, and you've got a bright future. Um, are you going to win the championship this year? Maybe, but it would be tough. It would be really tough. But I think there's a lot to care about with this team. And they're obviously invested in getting better. They're making moves. They're trying. With their hands somewhat tied, they're trying all they can. So, yeah, that's my last thought. Care about your 76ers. I like that, man. I like that. Y'all heard it here first, man. Care about your 76ers. Bo, I just want to thank you, man, from the bottom of my heart. You know how much you mean to me, man. You are real, you know, real mentor to me. Held it down for me in summer at SBC. So I appreciate you coming on, Bo. It is an absolute pleasure being on and watching you do this right now. Hopefully you take my job one day and I can just sit back on a rocking chair and watch you run the NBA years from now. That'd, that'd be a thrill for me. Man, if I could be half the man you are, Bo, I'll be happy about that, man. <laughs> you better than that, man. Be twice the man I am. That's what I'm expecting out of you. I love that, man. I love that. For the family out there, man, like I said in the beginning, if you want to stay up to date with everything Bo's got going on, everything will be linked in the description down below, and it'll be uh, right there, right under his little bubble. Um, but for now, um, don't forget to subscribe, follow, leave a nice little comment down below what you think what's, what's going to happen with the 76ers. And um, we out of here for now, y'all. Peace.